May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Happy New Year! Don't you just love Advent? It's my very favorite season of the year. All the hopeful expectation, all the preparing of hearts and homes. And at the end, a baby. Who doesn't love a baby? I mean, right? We got two here this morning. And not just any baby, the baby. God cloaked in human flesh and enthroned in a barn of all places. The mystery of mysteries. We, like the Magi and the shepherds, are on a journey to welcome this child who changed the course of history and has the power to change our lives. We will doubtless never fully unravel that mystery, but we love to hear the story. Like poetry, it points us to a truth that mere words cannot contain. I confess that as much as I love Advent, I'm always startled by the readings on the first Sunday. I don't know about y'all, but I'm sated by Thanksgiving, the feast, and the family, the hugs, the football, and the ap apocalyptic imagery is jarring. The distress, confusion, fear, and foreboding, it is not my favorite. I'd much rather that angelic visitor or even wild and abrasive John calling to us from the desert. But this bit about portents in the heavens, signs in the sun, moon, and stars, of distress among the nations, and fear and foreboding among the people, I don't like the sound of that. So what's this all about, these dire predictions we're confronted with this morning? I'm convinced that they are to prevent us from being so swept up with the romance of the story that we fail to remember that this child, whose birth we await with such joyful expectation, is more than a cute little baby. He is none other than the Son of God, love incarnate, who will light the way to the Father and lead us into all truth. This is big. He will also come again in power and great glory to inaugurate God's reign of righteousness and to bring to fulfillment the redemption of all. And because the human heart is too small a canvas to contain the fullness of God's redeeming work, all of creation also waits with longing for his return. Even the sun and moon and stars await his arrival those beacons which provide light for the day and for the night shall also provide the signs by which we shall know the time is fulfilled. Jesus knows our tendency to get distracted by the cares and concerns of life. And he reminds us to be alert to what's happening around us, to pay attention to the signs. So we wait expectantly for what is to come. But waiting isn't easy for us. It feels too much like doing nothing, and we're not good at that, and yet we wait. Awaiting the fulfilling of a promise, we await God's coming and God's return. 
The mystery of the incarnation, of course, is that God has already come to us. The incarnation has already happened. It's going to happen again, and it happens among us every day. In the Eucharistic prayer each week, we boldly proclaim together, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. It's a bold proclamation. Because Christ will come again to complete the work of redemption in the world. That's the focus of the first Sunday of Advent. Jesus has come, yes, and Jesus is coming again. Because Jesus is always coming. Jesus is coming and all our life is Advent. Because the life of faith is learning to recognize the signs of Jesus coming to us. In our parents, in our children, in our spouses, in our co-workers and teachers and neighbors. Jesus is coming to us in all of creation and yes, even in the news. Jesus is coming because Jesus is always coming. And Jesus encourages us to be alert to that coming. I'm struck by Jesus' directive this morning to stand up and raise your heads because your redemption is near. Stand up and raise your heads. Our Our tendency these days is to look down. We look down to watch where we're putting our feet. We look down on our cell phones. We look down a lot for all sorts of reasons. But when we look down, we run the risk of missing what's happening around us. Raise your heads, Jesus tells us. Pay attention. I once heard a bishop speak of his time in the Navy long before he even thought of becoming a priest. As a newly minted ensign, he was the lowest man on the totem pole, and it was his job to stand watch at night. Every night he went to his post and he watched the ocean. And at the end of the night, he would enter into the logbook that there had been no ships sighted. After a week or so over dinner with another officer, he was asked how it was going. And the young ensign reported that nothing much was happening. Night after night he watched, and night after night he saw nothing. His superior knew that they were patrolling the seas alongside a major shipping lane, and that there were tons of ships passing them, day and night. So he asked the young man what he was doing while on watch. The junior officer said, I'm watching for ships. For eight hours, I sweep the horizon, gazing back and forth, looking for lights on passing ships, and I've never seen anything. Then the seasoned officer looked at him and said, Son, you'll never see anything that way. You have to look up. It's the mystery of the way our eyes are designed. In order to see a light that's faint, you can't look directly at it. You have to look up. Casting one's eyes above the horizon, we can see things right in front of us that we would otherwise miss. My friends, Jesus is coming. And the lights of God's kingdom are around us even now. But we must train ourselves to look up, lest we miss them. 
My sisters and brothers, may this Advent be for us a holy time, a time of preparation. And may we raise our heads and our hearts and look up that we might see the signs of the kingdom in our midst, even as we prepare for love's return. Amen.